Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house. It's Tuesday, December 19th. This is The Gateway. I'm Wayne Pratt. Layla Granville faced a dilemma familiar to many black students in Illinois. I didn't know how I was going to pay for college, even though I wanted to go. In just a few minutes, we'll learn how Layla was able to pay, but why many other black students are struggling to do so. United Steelworkers leaders are not sure about the future of Granite City Works following U.S. Steel's decision to sell to a Japanese company. Nippon Steel is acquiring the owner of the Metro East Mill in a roughly $15 billion deal. Steelworkers local 1899 President Dan Simmons says he doesn't know what to expect until the union meets with the new owners. He's disappointed U.S. Steel is not being sold to a company the union supported. I'm hoping that no matter who our owner is, they're going to be forced to have to make a decision. And I think it's the right decision would be to fire the furnaces back up and let's start making steel again because pricing is very good. The company recently announced the temporary idling of the operation in Granite City. National Union President David McCall is calling on government regulators to scrutinize the proposed deal. McCall adds the sale shows U.S. Steel's continuing greedy, short-sighted attitude. Nearly a quarter of Missouri students are chronically absent as school attendance rates continue to drop. The state's education department's annual performance scores shows attendance is one of the biggest areas of concern. Missouri Education Commissioner Margie Van Dieven says high absenteeism rates impact entire classrooms. We do a lot of work in collaborative teams, for example. There's a lot of reteaching that needs to occur when students are out of the classrooms. St. Louis Public Schools, Normandy Schools Collaborative, and Riverview Gardens Districts all had chronically absent rates of more than 50 percent. Missouri has been in a statewide drought alert since May. St. Louis Public Radio's Kate Grumke reports on risks the drought could bring to the power grid. The Missouri River has been low this year. If it gets worse, it could affect power generation at both a coal and nuclear plant that rely on water from the river. Ameren, Missouri's Travis Hart says right now, water levels from an upriver dam are sufficient to keep the lights on. But, he says, in winter, ice jams can form, potentially affecting water levels at the Labadee coal plant. We lose a Labadee plant in the middle of a bitter cold. What happened in Texas will happen here, okay? It, it happens. And, and our, our job is to do everything we can to make that not happen. Hart spoke at a meeting of Missouri's Drought Assessment Committee Monday. I'm Kate Grimke, St. Louis Public Radio. Workers at one of the largest nursing homes in St. Louis will rally today following last week's sudden closing of the facility. Northview Village Nursing Home shut down without notice, leaving workers without jobs and no severance pay. Employees are demanding final paychecks, severance, and compensation for earned time off. St. Louis Mayor Tashara Jones is planning to attend the protest. Roughly 170 residents were forced to relocate after that sudden shutdown. St. Louis University scientists say they have found a better way to test vaccines developed to fight tuberculosis, the bacterial infection that sickens millions each year. St. Louis Public Radio's Sarah Fenton reports SLU researchers say they can use an existing vaccine recommended for babies to test how well other immunizations will work in adults. 
While tuberculosis is relatively rare in the U.S., the infection is a serious threat to people in other parts of the world. Scientists can sometimes test immunizations by infecting people in a controlled setting to see how they respond to a potential vaccine. But TB is too dangerous for a human challenge. Study author and SLU Center for Vaccine Development Director Dr. Daniel Hoft says an existing vaccine called BCG simulates the TB infection and can be used instead to see how the immune system responds. So we can screen new vaccines with this challenge model and determine which ones are best at inhibiting the organism from growing. Scientists at Emory and New York University also contributed to the study. I'm Sarah Fenton, St. Louis Public Radio. The sentencing of four people convicted earlier this year in a conspiracy to bribe then-Illinois House Speaker Michael Madigan for ComEd has been delayed. The four defendants were supposed to be sentenced in federal court next month, but a judge in the case says those proceedings need to be rescheduled. That follows the Supreme Court's decision to review the corruption conviction of the former Portage, Indiana mayor, Defense attorneys for the ComEd defendants say the high court's review of that case could have an impact on the convictions of their clients. The number of black students in Illinois enrolled in college has dropped by more than a third over the past decade. A big deterrent is cost. Need-based scholarships are one way of making sure more black students can sign up and finish school. But that type of financial aid is becoming less of a priority for many schools. Instead, they've increased spending on scholarships that target students with high GPAs and test scores. Lisa Corian Philip reports. Layla Granville looks kind of winded. She took two buses, the Green Line, then walked 13 minutes to get to class today. She lives on the South Side and is a freshman at Dominican University in the western suburbs. It was a journey she had to get used to. At first, my legs were like hurting. (laughs) I didn't walk that much in like a minute. She's majoring in biochemistry with a minor in physics, which is crazy considering college was almost not in the cards for her. It really came down to one factor. I know my family couldn't help pay for it. Research from Gallup shows black students like Layla often cite money as the biggest hurdle standing between them and a college degree. The Federal Reserve reports their families, on average, hold a small fraction of the wealth that white families do. Black students are more likely to have to borrow to cover tuition and to juggle full-time jobs with class. I didn't know how I was going to pay for college, even though I wanted to go. Fortunately for Layla, Dominican offered a lifeline, a scholarship program for students from low-income families interested in science that didn't require a high GPA. It's made it possible for Layla to go to college without taking on a bunch of debt or a job to pay her tuition. Instead, she can just focus on school. Seeing how stressed I am about like some of the classes and like the workload, I couldn't imagine working on top of it. I don't think I would have lasted. Many young people from low-income families don't get scholarships. Over the past two decades, colleges have shifted more and more money away from need-based scholarships to so-called merit aid for students with high GPAs and test scores. That's according to research from the think tank New America. That means instead of prioritizing full rides for low-income students like Layla, colleges are handing out what are basically tuition discounts to compete for high-achieving students who have lots of college options. 
Maria Bigham is with the equity nonprofit Accept Group. The students with the higher GPAs and the higher test scores are going to come from better funded schools. They're going to have more opportunities. Chances are likely that they have more in family wealth. College leaders defend the strategy. They say even with the merit aid, wealthy students pay more tuition and subsidize spots for students like Layla, who can't afford to pay any tuition at all. But researchers say the increased spending on merit aid has mainly benefited white, wealthy students, and it's actually reduced the number of low-income and black students on campus. Akil Bello with the advocacy group Fairtest says the issue is not that black and low-income students are not capable of getting good grades. It's that they're more likely to attend a high school with fewer supports and have other obligations competing for their time. Guess what? Poor kids who have to take a part-time job are going to have a lower GPA. Take Layla. When she was in high school, she worked at a Chili's restaurant on the weekends. She says her GPA was low and put her out of the running for most scholarships. And for Layla, getting a scholarship meant the difference not in where she went to college, but whether or not she could go at all. I don't even have to, like, look at my financial aid thing. I'm like, I'm glad I don't have to worry about it. Instead, she can focus on nerding out on her math and science classes. In her biology lab, she's been running genetic experiments. I kind of felt bad because you had to, like, knock out the fruit flies. <laughs> really? Yeah, to, like, um, separate their, like, eye color. That's Lisa Corian Phillip reporting. The Gateway is a production of St. Louis Public Radio, a listener-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house.